Good morning. It's Friday. And this is the grief chat with Jill there and Deb. That way or that way. I'm not sure. However, it shows up. Right. <laughs> Good morning. Good afternoon here and welcome to all our viewers. And I just put it out there. So I hope people tune in. And if not, they can watch the replay. Yeah. Happy I'm Friday. So is it uh today is the calendar day of spring or maybe tomorrow's the calendar day of spring and uh it was more than blustery with lots of power outages yesterday and the rain was just incredible and our creek went from about four feet to 12 feet Oh yeah, my God. and it started to overflow into the fields, and I'm sort of looking out the back door, the back way, and uh, now it's, we needed, the fields needed, we needed that much moisture, we need that, so, but it's, uh, it went down overnight, so nothing overflowed any place, yeah, we have, uh, that's crazy town, yeah, that's how much rain, and it, it was crazy town. It was stay in, stay off the roads, and uh, yeah, lots of accidents, lots of power outages. We didn't lose power um, right where we live, but down the street, they did. Lots of Amarin trucks all over the place. So, yeah. Boy, we've had beautiful weather. The sun is shining. We need more rain. We're not going to get it, but um, so it sounds like we're heading for a drought in the Southland and the Western right. States, but we know how to do that, right, folks? We know how to conserve our water and turn our sprinklers yeah. off. Yeah. We, yeah. we know how to do this and we'll be okay with it because we're going to be outside again before too much longer. I really hope. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's sweatshirt weather. And this sweatshirt was when my daughter was in sophomore in high school and she was on the soccer team. And she comes over today, and she has the same one on. She's 38. Oh, I so love that. Old. Yes, we're both wearing the same sweatshirts today. I said, I need to put a little makeup on for uh... <laughs> <laughs> So funny. Yeah, um, I'm getting ready for uh, art show. Well, not art show. I, I do readings. So I'll be doing readings tomorrow in Decatur, Illinois and at the art farm and let's see i make cards they're called sacred shadows or dyed laughing i don't have an example of them here i should bring them in the dyed laughing ones are um these mostly skeletons that i rearranged in different places i think i have one on my desk i, do. I think so i think i sent you a christmas you did you did oh yeah yeah that's exactly so those are the dyed laughing ones i know <laughs> so we made some cards like that oh there there we are everybody take a deep breath it's friday oh my gosh and um we weren't kidding when we said with with humor <laughs> oh my gosh you know i you know some oh you posted something was it you no it was my cousin posted almost like a fill in a blank news 
broadcast or, or printout that news people would use that used a lot of satire to emphasize how we keep repeating the same scenarios of a certain group gets targeted by a, a, a white man, a Caucasian man, and you know what the press says, what maybe the small town says, but it was it was satire done right. Right. And right. what satire is is a way of using um, using the elements of making humor, of exaggeration. Oh, it's this big. Wait, I should get the camera. It's this big, or oh, it's that small. So using exaggeration, minimization, some ridicule, making fun of, and um, you know, just some other elements of humor to point out what's what's contemporary or political, and exaggerating it. And it's a for some of us. I once wrote a grief letter with all the fill in the blanks. I should bring that on sometime. It's interesting. I talk about all these different things. Maybe I'll do that for next week if you know okay. nothing big happens again, such as the killing of the Asian women at, in Atlanta. And so we've heard this before. And then in a very insensitive manner, um, because people don't know any better how their words affect others, that sheriff sort of, he, I'm sure he, well, maybe he did. Anyway, he defended what came out was a defense. He was having a bad day. No, the people that died, their families, that is called minimization. Oh, they were having a bad day. Are you kidding me? So I see the implications and the ripples that have come out. There have been, first of all, our hearts go out to everybody in the metro Atlanta area for what's gone on. And everybody across the United States who is of Asian descent, who is being or feeling targeted right now. We, we should all be standing up and by. I've got you know, I hate it when people say I know some I know a gay person, so I'm friendly with gays. No, but I I grew up in a community that's multicultural, right. multiplex, and some of my very dearest friends um, are uh, Japanese and Taiwanese in origin, and they've been targeted. And my Japanese friends have had families who were interned in World War II, that's and right. so they've that's not right. had just one. This has been ongoing. We just don't talk mm -hmm. about it, and right. You know, yes, we need to be aware of Black Lives Matter, but we need to be aware that our Asian communities are being targeted right now, and we need to be supportive and caring and loving and speak out. I wanna, I wanna talk about um, another friend of mine who is uh, Asian, Asian American, and he had just put out i don't want to give away too many details but a paper saying how in this particular type of study um asians are underrepresented so that's that's enough and 
this is what I said to him. And he was like very sad and affected by what happened in Atlanta. And growing up with anti-Semitism around me Mm -hmm. and physically being uh, beat up for being Jewish, uh, taunted with words and et cetera, et cetera. My heart, no, my stomach, when I hear of another group, I don't care what group it is. Yeah, I don't care. Let it be Being known. targeted. <laughs> Nobody gets targeted. No, you know, I'll tell you what. If supremacists, white supremacists, and a whole bunch get targeted, it's going to be harder for me to muster up uh, empathy for them. I'll just, you know, let me say it straight up. You know, um, they need to be shut down. They do. And, and, well, I'm not going to get into debate about the the perpetrator that was uh, the suspect. We don't need to give him any press. No. Um, it may or may not have an addiction. Even people with alcoholism, which is another addiction, when you target people, when it's a group of people that are of one color, persuasion, sexual persuasion, color persuasion, religious persuasion, when it's that, that is racism. Yes, yes. And Tina, yes. We all bleed red, Tina. I I think about, and I've said this before, um, and you've seen, if you're into doctor shows like I am, or nurse shows, when the perpetrator comes in, the person treating them doesn't know it's the perpetrator right away, and then they're in a moral dilemma. Mm-hmm. I've had that happen, and I, I treat, their body i don't like to think about anything else i i'll i'm perfectly honest because we all bleed red we that's right in order to (laughs) exist on this planet you have a heartbeat so i have to look at what we have in common to get me through and um and let others do the judging for that moment after they're gone it's free reign for me I don't mind saying that. So anyway, like you were saying, I think about the collective grief that went on as another group got targeted and any other group that has ever been targeted was hit in the stomach just like me. I know I'm not alone. Absolutely, because one once you've been targeted, it rolls into your experience and you're absorbing their experience. Mm-hmm. I think too, this is very much like um, the awakening that many had when Black Lives Matter occurred in that we didn't see the collective grief and angst and fear. Um, many of us, um, I used to teach adoption classes and we used to teach potential adoptive parents. If you're going to adopt a child from a different group, you have to know how to raise a child from that group so that you can teach them how to be safe. And that was 25 years ago, you know, how to raise a a black teenager so that if he drives in a predominantly white neighborhood, he's not targeted. That was 25 years ago. 
Mm-hmm. So clearly, you know, it's been going on, but this is a, an awakening for a lot of people. And there's now a whole lot being said by the Asian American community that this has been going on for, you know, since before World War II. Right. And it started with laws that prevented people of Japanese heritage from even owning homes in mm-hmm. the United States mm-hmm. and in different states. And we had that here in Riverside in my community. And it was the first city where somebody actually won. The Haradas won the first lawsuit all the way to the Supreme Court that allowed them to own property and be um, called citizens. So it's been going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. And we all have some some grief to share, and we all need to make sure that just like with any other loss, we're mm-hmm. keeping an eye out and listening for and supporting those in this community mm-hmm. in a very special way this week. And as this whole thing pro- progresses, because it, mm-hmm. the fact is, it was mo- it was in places that were associated with one particular group. It doesn't matter what to me what the whether it was nails or massages or psychotherapy they targeted they were targeted because of who they were and that in and of itself is a is such a big thing right so let's all make sure we're taking care of our our friends and neighbors Mm -hmm. right now that's right you know i it brings up a good point that the A loss is a loss is a loss. And you don't know when you're going to get a punch in the stomach. You know, um, uh, I'm going to use this only because of uh, the Hatfield and McCoys. That's what they used to call warring families, right? They would, and and maybe that is uh, racist saying, it only happens with those kind of kind of people. So I apologize, but let's say you have the uh, blues and greens, right? Mm-hmm. The blues and greens, or let's use our hair, the blues and the pinks. All right, and um, and not until you as an individual have experienced a little bit of blue or a little bit of pink, you really don't know what it's like to get targeted. I mean, you may have been bullied alone at your school, um, or maybe there was a lot of sexism, so you can identify with females that uh, are taunted But unless you've been a little pink or you've seen the hurtness of your pink friends or the hurtness of your blue-haired friends, you, or the hurtness of dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's Walter, isn't it? This is Fred. He's got eyeballs. Right. Oh, Fred's got eyeballs. Okay. Yes. Walter is our blind one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So unless you've felt it I understand it is hard to identify or imagine I guess this would be empathy can you imagine how they feel collectively I mean as a as a Jew growing up uh guess what happened I was taught to hide my Jewish star in different places you know or 
talk different, which for a while, my mother said, you sound like you're talking down south. You've got an accent. <laughs> you know, that's because I didn't talk this fast and I didn't have a word around the And you know, I didn't How talk. How did you leave in coping using humor when you were being targeted and when you were oh. grieving the loss of your, your whole self as people saw you based on who you, some factor of you? I will say that as far as the Jewish part, I learned to not be as, and this sounds, not all Jews do this, but I rolled with the way they were talking. I translated it to, um, except when I was physically getting maligned or, thank you, Tina, um, unless, like when it was written down on uh, desks, all Jews suck, that's a common one, or Jewish fraternities, they'd write the fraternity and say they suck, right, or should die, or go to hell, which is ironic, because Jews don't really believe in hell, but anyway, exactly. I just like laugh. I usually would find the ironic parts, and I go, really? And then in my head, I would say, do they suck like a Hoover vacuum cleaner or is it a Kirby? You know, so I would make a joke to take the sting out of stuff for me. As long as it wasn't, you know, when I'm getting rocks and bottles or hoses turned on me or, you know, whatever. When That's not a time. No, no, I'm not making jokes. But when people are verbally being weird i i roll with it and then i just sort of part of me shoved it inside uh obviously let me just say to our listening audience not until covid and a lot more things came up with black lives matter over the last several years did my own, I've shoved it inside so long that the anger needed, the anger, uh, all the things I felt before came up. So let me let me just say that to my listening audience, because I would get teased about Jewish all over. And you know, I, I just, like I said, the humor was deflective. Um, if someone, you know, want to call me a wandering Jew, they were absolutely correct. And because I don't just, I'm a Jew culturally, I'm not a Jew religiously. I follow mm -hmm. cultural things. So how do I use humor when I've been bullied? And, um, you know, if I wasn't stunned by being bullied, sometimes I'm stunned, I then ask back questions out loud. Like, um, I'm trying to think of an instance. Once again, all Jews suck. Like a Hoover or, so I throw it back to them. I take a different definition of the slam. Right, and it's very much like the gay and lesbian community that has used camp as a coping mechanism mm -hmm. for 
more years than anyone will ever know unless you're in the community. That's right. right. That's and right. That's, that's why sometimes the terms that are used against people, those folks take them and make them their own. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's and only those who are in that culture have permission to use those terms because they were terms of hurt before. But it's a coping mechanism and it's a way to get through this. So I just wanted to make sure we were really acknowledging what went on this week. Mm-hmm. And we've had yet another loss and how we see maybe our country or ourselves or or the safety of our neighbors. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, we have, it's very multicultural. Once you step up, we have, well, in St. Joe, I just want to say, how we have, we don't even have a stoplight, folks. You know, it's maybe 5,000 <laughs> people. We have no stoplight, stop sign, but no stoplight. But we have the gambit of food. Like, we have bar food. We have um, a couple, uh, literally Mexican restaurants, not Hispanic, but Mexican restaurants, Italian, uh, Chinese food, not Japanese food, Chinese food. We have gas station food. We have pizza place all over. Oh my goodness, a Dairy Queen, a Subway, not a Subway that goes underground, a Subway. And we are starting, we used to have Lebanese food run by somebody, oh, it's delicious. So you wonder while those families, how are they feeling about right now? Right now? The people who are Asian here, how has it been for them? Are they okay? And, um, you know, we we ordered out from them a lot. Over the, They were one of the small businesses over COVID over this past year. Once a week. It was a once a week thing. So, Are you going to drop them a card in the mail and tell them you're thinking of them? You know, that's a great idea. I might just go over and give them a card and yeah. let them know yeah. I'm thinking about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Because with grief, we it needs to be named. That's right. It needs to be that's spoken right. of, needs to be acknowledged. Those who are experiencing it need to hear mm-hmm. their support like any other loss mm-hmm. right now. And we need to and give people cool. space so that if they need to cope with humor, they can. That's right. Because and that's like, theirs. And like Tina said, you know, kindness. Maybe we need to start teaching what kindness is in the schools. And that something is unkind when you say it. Maybe not saying racist, saying that's an unkind thing to say. That helps no one grow. Yep. In the schools here, we have a lot of the schools have signs up that say, um, before you say it, is it kind? Is it helpful? Right. Right. Is it truthful? Is, is it, it kind, true? Helpful or is it true? Yeah. And if, it's, if any of those are not checked, you don't say it. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. So I. I grew up at a very young age to hide your Jewishness outside of, well, my parents were really worried about me because I already was leaving uh, the religion 
as I go, I want to go to church because they all talk English and they talk about love. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> Those were the places I was. So my parents were pretty darn worried about me. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, no, I have a, a dear friend who lives in this area who two years ago, I said, you know, I found a beautiful mezuzah. And she said, I can't put one outside my door. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, how sad to feel like you can't, that that's such a tradition. And she is, she's observing. Right. And it just right. seemed, seemed just so wrong to even think that and she said, no, I, I live in a beautiful neighborhood. I have wonderful neighbors, but there's too many, there's too many haters and I just can't. So that was one of the ways that she, of course, does all the observations and she, you know, she has her children have worn their Hanukkah shirts to school. And, you know, every year they teach dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. Um, mm -hmm. Right. So, right. Um, but there's, there's just a need for all of us to be especially aware of those who are hurting right now, mm -hmm. but also give them some space to do what they need to do. And if they need to laugh with you, don't make it so yeah. serious. If they need to laugh, it's okay. Right. What my, right. My, my friends are using humor to cope with people, even when they're being spoken to negatively in grocery lines and um, turning it back on people. And that's a great coping yeah. mechanism. It's mm -hmm. a, it's a natural way to do it and it works. And a way to, um, I don't know, a joke and someone's like enthusiasm for telling a joke, especially if it's, uh, not kind you go i don't get it can you explain you that look at them yeah can you explain that and they're like they'll be they'll, it'll oh they'll stumble you don't say i don't find it funny say i don't get it because if you say i don't find that funny it sets up an adversarial thing it's not a mirror all you say is i don't get it can you explain mm -hmm. that what are you thinking of? I'm like, well, I'd like to, in my head, I'm going, what the F are you thinking? But right. out of my mouth, I'm grateful for all the years my mouth still is a filter. I got <laughs> Do substance yeah. abuse for them last week. And they requested um, that the grief that we talk about be all the grief. So talking about how they saw their, their people in the fleet saw the United States now, saw how they related to people in the US now, related to being in the military now, related to, and in talking with them, there were so many losses that they had that had nothing to do with deaths, but also included the deaths from COVID and all of that. And I think, I think today we especially need, just need to be aware that all of that is a loss and all of that could be spoken of as loss and then coped with as loss. Mm -hmm. And something else, you, you brought up a good point. So I'm going to also relate it to, you know, what some of the things I just kept shoving it down inside. You might have felt a bazillion micro losses during COVID and you've shoved it inside. And now that things are feeling hopeful, all of yep. a sudden yeah. I think you'd be like, Oh, this is so great. And part of you is waiting for the other shoe to drop, as they would say. There's been a lot of people like, oh. There's been a huge <laughs> increase in anxiety. 
-hmm. huge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it, and it's evident. And it's the more we open up, the more kids are returning to school for those areas where we haven't been in school in person. For those who are looking at, wow, I can, I can go back to work. There's also a, a real clutch for a significant percentage going, yeah, but, but, and then right. when I go back, I'm going to have to face everything, all the things, all the people missing, all the people who've had to right. have law, who've experienced loss. Right. So we've got a lot coming. This is as if the pandemic is winding down, we have a lot of loss to look at and to cope with and to do together, not apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To do together. You know, one of the phrases my uncle Irwin always used to say when he was faced with that sort of uh, discombomeration, you know, like feeling one way and feeling another, he'd go, ah, what are you going to do? Ah, what are you going to do? Which in itself, when you keep repeating it, is humorous. It's it's a way to uh, let the a little of the steam out so the kettle doesn't go, you know. Yep. And uh, you know, maybe you have to think of yourself as a steam kettle. How are you going to let just a little of the the steam out so it's not rattling? Uh, in in Yiddish, they say. Uh, hock me a chinik, which means rattle my tea kettle. <laughs> my mother <laughs> used to say that to me. I was always like bothering her or whatever, according to her. And she'd say, don't hock me a chinik. Don't rattle my tea kettle. Like, how can you let the steam come off? What little coping mechanisms can you think ahead? Because it's here and it's happening and it will happen to you. Maybe people, maybe in, for some people, they're tired of hearing about racism. All right, we get it. You have been flooded with these ways of thinking that you haven't integrated yet. It's a new paradigm, it's a new shift. All lives matter, people say. Um, no, all lives matter don't, all lives matter isn't true because black lives haven't mattered. Asian lives haven't mattered. Jewish lives haven't mattered. And you as a woman hasn't mattered. You as a sensitive man has not mattered. So you can make that list whatever you want. So I get if you're tired, how can you let the steam off so you can go back to paying attention to what you need to move through this new paradigm? This new way of, so you're grieving your old ways of not caring, right? That's exactly it. You're grieving that? How and are not you seeing it. That's right. You were perfectly okay. And now people are saying, look, people, all lives will matter when black lives matter too, when those Asian lot matters. And you saying every time black lives matter, no, all lives matter. Seriously, they don't. They really don't. Some have had an implied mattering. Yeah. Yeah. So as we are returning and as we are opening, let's make sure we're also keeping an eye out and providing a safe space 
for those who have been targeted or have been groups that have been targeted? Because you don't know if they have been targeted and they just haven't told you. Because typically right. groups that are targeted also don't say it out loud. They, they keep that grief inside so they don't share because there's some shame involved in that, um, which doesn't belong there, but it's it's part of how people have always coped with being a targeted group. So let's think make sure of, we're talking about it. I uh, To relate that to something, think of everybody's either seen a TV show or knows somebody that was in spousal abuse. People say, oh, why didn't they leave? Because there's a lot to be said in between why people stay. They stay out of fear, fear for themselves, fear for the children, fear for the rest of their family, you know? Uh, why also do they say? Because they're too afraid to move forward someplace new. And they're lack of support. A lack of support, a lack of people judging. Oh, you have such a perfect family. Yeah, I cover up the bruises really well. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. um, the emotional abuse you're not hearing. So I let's keep take that inside. Let's take care yeah. of all of our people and all and keep our ears yeah. open and low to the ground. Yeah. Careful with the statements we make that might make someone silence up and give them space to tell you what's there so that you can you can be there for them and hold the space for them because grievers don't want to be told how to do it and they don't want to also hear well you need to be a little tougher yeah it happens yeah, no. to everybody no don't be positive be present exactly be present right for those people you don't have to say anything else except i had no idea it's this hard or I have no words. Oh, I wish this didn't happen to you. There, there's three sentences you can say. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. It is that time. This has not been our usual bright and happy show, but this has not been a, a week for that. Um, no. But it's not been. A, it's not going to have to be terrible. Let's let's go enjoy the um, not having been flooded even though the the crick did rise when I was in grad school and my favorite professors, Dr. Bell would say, Lord willing and the crick don't rise as to whether or not something was going to happen. So let's, let's get out there and, and realize that we can make something good, but we can also just be present for those who need us. And if you're one of those that needs someone to be present, ask those around you may not know what you need. Raise the white flag and ask. Mm -hmm. They're people. Or, or call, contact right. us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's right. That'd be great. All right, everybody. Have a good weekend the best you can. Be safe. Wear your masks. We'll see you next Friday. Bye. Bye, everyone.